All right. Let's all take our seats and let's uh, look into the Word of God and see what the Lord has for us. You know, um, the Word of God is amazing when it comes to applying things to our lives. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to be able to see where God's Word is leading us in our study and apply it to our life and take what it is that God's speaking to us and use it and watch the living, powerful Word of God do what His Word does. Um, what I want to talk to us about and want to look at and study comes from Joshua chapter 8. So those of you that have a Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, there's one there in your pew. So go ahead and grab it. Turn to Joshua chapter 8. And I entitled this study, Starting Over Again. And I think that might be a familiar few words for our lives. Starting over again again and that's what we want to look at so as you're turning there you find your way we're going to pray we're going to ask God's blessing on our study and we're going to ask the Lord to help us to apply his word to our life heavenly father your word is paramount it is primary and Lord it is powerful speak to us this morning as never before strengthen our hearts Enlighten our hearts and encourage our hearts through your word, we pray. Father, as only you can through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so let's look at our study, Joshua chapter 8. But let's get a, a little bit of background to where we are and catch us up there. And I know a lot of you have read this particular portion of scripture. However, at the end... I'm going to give you something right now I want you to take away with you, and at the end, you should hopefully have it. And this is what I want you to be thinking about through this study, okay? One thing, that's it. Just think about one thing through this study. A plan to win my battle, okay? You're looking for a plan to win your battle as we go through this study, okay? And you should be able to come away with it at the end. So a little bit of <clears throat> background here uh, before we jump into Joshua chapter 8. Israel leaves Egypt under a strong hand. They cross the Red Sea and they refuse while they're in the wilderness to enter into the promised land. Forty years later, the next generation crosses the Jordan. Okay, miraculously, they cross the Jordan, all right? They march around Jericho, remember that? And they conquered that city, and so far, so good, right? And you know what? In my life, and I'm sure with yours, I know you like those reflections of, wow, Lord, so far, so good. You know, my Christian life is moving along so far, so good. I love those places, all right? I love being in those places, so... Now, after they conquered Jericho, they came up to a city, a small city called Ai, okay, Ai, okay. However, however, even though that city was next, there was a soldier in the ranks by the name of Achan that did not obey the Lord, disobeyed God. And when he disobeyed God, he brought victory to the enemy. 
interesting, right? You know, being a soldier, that's one thing you don't ever want to be in that place of allowing your enemy by what you have done to gain the victory in a battle. So that's something that we see. Now, remember Achan's sin, it was done in Jericho, it was done in secret, but it caught up to him, didn't it? And not only did it catch up to him, it came and it caught up to everybody. Amazing. So it affected everybody. All right. So now Joshua has to deal with this problem and Joshua fixes the problem and he fixes it by going to the Lord in prayer. That's how he fixes it. Right. So God fixes this whole situation with Joshua. He deals with the sin. Right. So the sin is dealt with. Israel now is on its feet and ready to face this small city called Ai. So they are actually ready now, okay, to start all over again. Because when they went to the city the first time and they tried to take it over, what happened? They failed. They utterly failed. Oh, I, we beat Jericho. Jericho was no problem. And all of a sudden, let's take this small city. Ah, no, it's a piece of cake. But yet, because of Achan's sin, it caught up to them, and they couldn't take this small city. So Joshua and God, they fixed the situation, and now they're ready to start all over again. Hmm, all right. Now, let's look in here to verse 1 of Joshua chapter 8. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, Take all the people of war with you and rise and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai as its king and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. Very, very interesting orders from the Lord. Now, look at verse 1 where it says, the Lord said. Very interesting few words. The Lord said. God speaks to Joshua and gives him direction, right? Now, let me apply that to us today. All right? Does God speak to you? Does God have this thing called prayer, which is a two-way conversation? Yes, he does. Prayer is not just one way, it's two way. So God speaks to Joshua, and guess what? Please expect God to speak to you. Whatever you're dealing with, he's going to speak to you. Now, look what it also says here. It says something about fear, right? Notice what God says to him about in verse 1. Do not be afraid. Now, what does fear do for Joshua? It would cripple him. Fear would stop him from going and taking the city and doing what God told him to do. And let's apply that to us. Fear will do the same for you and I. Fear will cripple us. Fear will keep us from moving forward and doing what God wants us to do. However, in the midst of whatever you have to face, if you're fearing what it is you have to face, do not fear. Now, I'm going to tell you, I can tell you do not fear all day long. I don't think it's going to mean very much. 
But when Almighty God speaks to you and says to you, do not fear, you know what comes with those words? The ability not to fear. So just remember, if you are before the Lord for something and you're fearing it, and God says to you, do not fear, remember, there's power with those words that he said, so you could face what you have to face without fear, okay? Now, look what it also says in verse 2. Verse 2 says, and as, it says, <clears throat> as you did to Jericho. Now, the glorious victory that they once had when they took, can you imagine taking Jericho? Think about this, all right? Here you are, new soldiers against this great fortified city, comes down, you get victorious. I mean, that is an amazing, I mean, talk about exhilarating, all right? These people had it. They once had this great victory, but when they came up to Ai, they had lost it. But look what God is saying. As you did to Jericho, the glorious victory that they once had will come again. It will come again. However, there's a stipulation. You have to do it God's way, Joshua. You can't do it your way. If you do it your way, you're going to fail. But if you do it my way, the glorious victories that you had... It will be there again. Now, let's think about that and apply it to our lives. What glorious victories have you experienced in your Christian walk? What tremendous, exhilarating, wonderful Jerichos in your life that have come down that now when you face these AIs, these other different difficulties or situations or temptations or trials, and you name it on the list, that you've fallen, guess what? Do not fear, for just like you had that glorious victory before, guess what God is able to do again? He'll bring it all back again, starting all over. Amazing, isn't it? Okay, now notice, let's look at verse 3, and we're going to read down to verse 8. All right, let's get our eyes on God's word. So Joshua arose, and all the people of war, to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city, behind the city. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city, and it will come about when they come out against us as at the first that we shall flee before them, for they will come out after us till we have drawn them out of the city, for they will say they are fleeing before us as at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. Then you shall arise from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand, and it will be when you have taken the city, that you shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord you shall do. See, I have commanded you. Boy, I tell you, that Joshua, he had a way with words when God gave it to him, didn't he? It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, 
Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4 with me. Very interesting. It says in verse 4, all of you be ready. Do you see that? It says, all of you be ready. Very interesting. All of you be ready. Now, these soldiers had to go to their place and they could not, when they got there, they could not be preoccupied with anything other than what they had to be uh, thinking about, which was this battle. They couldn't get there and say, okay, now my mind needs to be on something else. Let me think about home. Let me think about, you know, the farm that I have, or let me think about something else. No, you had to get to where you needed to be, and you had to be ready. Now, let's take a look at that in, in our own lives. We all need to be spiritually ready in the midst of the battles that we have to face. Staying as close to God as possible in his word, staying as close to God as we can in our prayer life, staying as close to God as we can in our fellowship affords us the position of readiness. Guys, if we're not doing that, how in the world am I going to be ready? So the more that I'm, I'm, I'm about being, building a relationship with the God that loves me so very, very much, it makes me ready. I am ready. So verse 4 talked about being ready. And so it is for us too. All right, look at verse 6. Verse 6, Joshua tells them what they are going to be thinking, right? And he says that they, look at verse 6, for they will come out after us, right? And then look down a little bit more. It says, they are fleeing before us. That's what he said they're going to say. And that's exactly what the enemy said. What does this show about the enemy, guys? It shows that the enemy is overconfident. It thinks, I got you the first time, I'll get you the second time. And there's no doubt in my book, I have the playbook, and I'm going to run you in the ground. That's what the enemy thinks. So think about that with ourselves, and let's try to apply that to us. Okay? Now, our enemy, the devil, thinks the very same way here. He says, I got you once, going to get you again. And he says, no matter how powerful you are, I'm going to get you down again. That's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. But I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 18. And I want you to keep this in mind as you're turning. Keep in mind our place of victory in the battle. 16th chapter of Matthew, and look at verse 18. Think about our place of victory in the midst of the battle. Look at verse uh, 18 with me. Jesus speaking to Peter, <coughs> and our Lord says, excuse me, <coughs> and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the what? The gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Now, let me say that again. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, guys. You got to look at this battle that if the enemy says to you, 
I got you down once, gonna get you again. Let me tell you something. You bring up Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and you rub it in his face. And you tell him, huh, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. All right? So here we are. Now, look at verse 7. There's something interesting it says here in verse 7. It says, God will deliver it into your hand. Right? Isn't that what it says there in verse 7? Right? He says, God will deliver it into your hand. Now, it had not happened yet. Joshua is having his his um, um, strategic meeting with Almighty God. And it hasn't happened yet. The only thing that has happened yet was a loss, a very costly loss in battle. But God is telling him something that's going to happen in the future. Amazing what God can do, isn't it? Now, the very same God that Joshua is before and serves is the very same God we serve. He has not changed. And just like he could tell you right here, right now, what's going to be your victory before you have that victory, he can do it. That's why I say the closer you are to the Lord, the more you're just building this relationship with him, the more clearer his words come to you, the more direction you get in, the more guidance through the Holy Spirit, because he guides us into all truth, and he tells us the things that will come to pass. He can do that. That's the God we serve. So the, this victory hadn't happened to Joshua yet, and here Joshua had to do something. He had to get up, he had to get ready, and he had to get moving, and victory was going to be assured. So what does that apply to our lives? It means for us that what we need to do is to get up, and we need to get ready, and we need to get moving. Because victory is a short, but I don't have the victory yet. Bob, it's not here yet. I got to wait for it. No, relax, Rich. Get up, get ready, get moving, and get assured that God's going to give you that victory. Okay, I think I need to do that. You see how that worked? Now, let's do the same thing that they did, Joshua and his army, because God has promised us the victory. Did you know that? Now I'm going to show you something. Turn to Isaiah chapter 54. Turn to Isaiah chapter 54. And I want you to keep in mind as you're turning there that we must come against the enemy. That's without a doubt. But the enemy is going to come against us. But we have the advantage. Okay? So there's a battle going on. We got to get up, we got to get ready, we got to get moving, and we're going to come against the enemy. Enemy's going to come against us, but we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 54, and we're going to look at verse 17. And we're going to remember this verse, because it's going to say to us, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm sorry, let me read that again. I'm going to fight a battle. I'm going to face a situation. God told me, do not fear. God told me to get up, get ready, get moving. Victory is mine. I come against the enemy. The enemy comes against me. And what assurance do I have? Verse 17 of chapter 54 of Isaiah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the what? The heritage of the servants of the Lord. 
and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Are you his servants? I want to ask you. Are you his servants? Are you an inheritance of the Lord? Has God brought you to the place you're at right now? And he's telling you, go ahead, fight it, face it, and get up and get ready and get moving. But be assured victory is yours. But also remember, no weapon that is formed that comes against you is going to prosper. Bottom line, up front, too easy. The Lord gave it to us in his word. Mighty and powerful is his word. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. We have the advantage, guys. Look at verse 9, and we're going to read to verse 17. So let's get our reading eyes on, and let's get some more good stuff out of God's word. Verse 9. Joshua therefore sent them out, and they went to lie in ambush and stayed between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and mustered the people. Now, mustard is not a uh, condiment that we use when we eat, okay? This is a military term, and those of us who have been in the military know what mustard means. It's gathering the troops up for formation, right? Oh, Marine, there you go. All right, so he mustered the people and went up, and elders of Israel, before the people to, to Ai, and all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now a valley lay between them and Ai, so he took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And then they had to set the people, and then when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city and its rear guard on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. Now it happened when the king of Ai saw it that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle. See, I told you the enemy's going to fight against you. He and all his people at an appointed place. Let me read that again. They rose early and went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at an appointed place before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. So all the people who were in Ai were called together to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city opened and pursued Israel. Very, very interesting battle plan. You gotta love how the Lord does stuff. I'm telling you, who would have ever thought this would happen? And isn't that just what God does? He gives you a plan that you, Lord, I had no idea. You, I would have never thought of that. Well, of course you wouldn't. I thought for sure God was going to do it this way, and he ended up coming through the back door and doing it his way. God, I love you. Whatever you're doing, Lord, just keep doing it. 
God is so good. He loves us so much. Now, look at verse 10. It's so interesting. He says in verse 10, he rose up early. I got to sleep. Wait a minute. I, I got me a new mattress and my new pillow. And boy, I just love sleeping late in the day. No, let's look at this again. Verse 10, rose up early in the morning. Let's apply this to our lives. Well, first, let's look at Joshua. What does this show about him? It shows that he's serious. It shows he's focused. And it shows he's determined. That's what it shows here. It shows that he's serious about this battle. It shows that he's focused on this battle. And it shows he's determined. I'm not going to let it get me. Because when you are not, you sleep it through, man. I'll get it when I get it. But not Joshua. These are good qualities for us to have as we go and fight these battles, guys. Serious, focused, and determined when we're fighting. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 is interesting. It says, uh, to battle, right? But it also says, it says, uh, he rose up early, <clears throat> excuse me, rose up early, went out against Israel to battle, he and all his people at an appointed place. Now let's apply that to us. Is there an appointed place of battle for us that we've fallen at? Is there a place that we could put a sign on and say the appointed place? Is there an area of my life like maybe loving my brother? Oh, Dave, you know, this, I got something against you, brother. You know, I mean, is, 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 there, is there an appointed place? You know, there's an addiction that I have. There's a, oh, man, it's, I, I got to lie. You know, my taxes are coming up, and if I just put the decimal point just over here, my return is going to be amazing. But if I leave it where it's supposed to be, I got to pay. I didn't get enough money anyway. It's America. There's so much money, I don't need mine. Is there an appointed place, guys, that, 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 that God is drawing you to and that's where it is? Well, well, guess what? That is the place you need to deal with. That is the appointed place you need to love your brother if that's what you need to do. And you need to get up, get ready, and move forward. But I don't love him. I don't care. Get up, get ready, get moving because the victory is assured. Throw your arms around Mike and say, God bless you, brother. I love you. Come on. Trust the Lord in this. Because he's telling you his word, and his word is powerful. Word is powerful. So, um, so whatever the issue is, rebellion, lying to your brother, an addiction, um, how about this one, an appointed place? I've lost my joy. I've lost my, my peace. You know that place, that great victory of peace I had. I've lost that place of devotion when I used to sit with the Lord and, and he just communed with me. I, who am I for God Almighty to visit me in the morning or in the evening, whenever, and tell me he loves me and share something out of his word that gave me such strength through the day. Whatever the appointed place is, start all over again. Remember, God is telling you, get up, get ready, be assured of the victory because it's all yours. God is going to do it for you. I can do it, man. 
I can do it because God's calling me to do it. Amazing, right? Amazing there. Now, take it to the enemy. They did, right? They took it, Joshua and the army, they took it to the enemy. Take it to the enemy, to that appointed place, knowing that God is fighting for you. Amazing. Just simply amazing. Simply amazing. All right, let's look at verse 18, and let's read down a little bit. I just love verse 17. I love the end of it. So they left the city opened. <laughs> And they pursued Israel. Boy, I tell you, God could get the enemy going in the wrong direction each and every day. I tell you, guys, you ain't got to. Do, no one could have done that but God. All right, let's look at verse 18. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand toward the city. So those in ambush arose quickly out of their place. They ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered the city and took it and hurried to set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. Wow. So they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on the pursuers. <laughs> Verse 21. Now, when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Then the others came out of the city against them. So they were caught in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. But the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all of the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they pursued them, and when they all had fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. Verse 25. So it was that all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai, Quite an amazing end to this battle. Look at verse 18. Uh, it says in verse 18, the Lord said. We've seen that come up a few times. The Lord said. Guys, I'm going to say it again. God speaks. God speaks. And he tells you and me what we need to do. And when we do it, that's how we gain that victory. Look, the victories that we have or had was not on our own. Don't pat yourself on the back. It's, it's, it's not you. You have a loving Heavenly Father that is looking after you, caring for you. He's telling us what to do. That's why it's so important to look at the Word of God for what it is. You know, 
it's amazing how many times we waste the opportune times to look through God's word and read it. We do. I do. But how important is it for us to hear God speak to us? I mean, I'm in a battle every day. I don't know about you, but I'm fighting things left, right, up, down, all around sometimes. And I'm not going to get out of it by someone giving me a big check. Here's a million dollars. That ain't going to get me in a more mess. It's, you know, oh, I'm so lonely if I only had a wife. If I only had children, if I only had a house, if I only had a boat, if I only had a car, if I only had anything, I don't know what I got. God says, no, 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 no. Those things are not going to bring you no victory in what you're dealing with. These things that I'm telling you through the word of God, like through Joshua, and what we're learning in the, the very principles of fighting a warfare, these are truths that will not only gain you this victory, they will be eternal things for you. Oh, man, God loves you guys. He loves us so much. So the Lord said, God speaks to Joshua in verse 18. God is involved in every single one of our battles. You are not alone. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through. Uh -uh, let me say it again. You are not alone. Well, nobody's with me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's someone that loves you that's sitting right next to you, that cares about you, that is closer than any brother that you have invited to live inside your life that the Holy Spirit has entered into you and has made you a new creation and you are no longer the same again. And everything that he has invested in you, it is not temporary. It's eternal. And he loves you. And he will take it to the end. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Okay, so Joshua also had something in his hand. Joshua had a spear in his hand. Did you see that? Did you catch that? It says that he had a spear in his hand. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. The sword, for us, we don't have a, we don't have a spear, okay? But, but we have a sword. And it's the word of God. And the, this is what we got in our hands, guys. And listen to what Hebrews 4.12 says. It says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to those first two words. It's living and powerful. Go back to what he said to Joshua. It says God said, right? God spoke. Has God spoken to you? Has God given his word to you? Has God reassured you? Has God showed you something? That is living what he said to you is living. It's not just a word. It says powerful. It is not weak. What do you think fell down to Jericho? What do you think took the, down the walls of Jericho? God's word? He said, I'm going to do it. What do you think created this earth and everything else? God's word. So what is he speaking in your heart in your time alone with God or whatever you're facing? God's word is living and it is powerful and it's able for you to face your battle and have you come out on the victory side 
guess what? I'm starting over again. I might have lost the first couple of times, but I'm starting over again. And I'll keep going and keep going because I'm getting up, I'm getting ready, I'm moving forward because I'm assured of the victory. I don't have it yet. I don't care. Get up, get ready, get moving. Is God good or what? Whew. God is amazing. Okay, we're coming to a close. Now, <clears throat> verse 20, it says, I love this. It says in verse 20, they had no power to flee. Think about that. They had no power to flee. And the reason why they had no power to flee in verse 20 was because Joshua did things God's way. And they worked out for him and it stripped the enemy from its power. Now, you have got to admit the enemy has power. You've got to admit when you fell. You've got to admit when you've gone astray. You've got to admit when you, I don't know whatever issues you got in your life. You don't want to know mine. I don't want to know yours. You won't, you won't listen to me anymore. But whatever those are, the devil got power to do that. But guess what? God is in the stripping of the power from the enemy business. He'll take it right away from him. He'll take them teeth right out of his mouth. And all he does is walk around as a, as a roaring lion with no teeth. That's right, gumming it. His word is so living and powerful, and he tells you what to do. If you do life God's way, it is going to work out for you, and it's going to take the very power of the enemy and strip it so that when you go down that road again, that you know that the enemy had power over you. He's like, ah, come on in this way. You can go this way again. His power ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. No, it ain't going to work. I used to be that way. I used to do that. But that, you know what? The devil ain't got no power. God stripped the power from that lying, stinking, no good enemy. Because he loves you. Because he loves us. God loves us, so he's taking care of us. Man, I tell you, it's all God. It's all the Lord. It's all the Lord. Now, um, there are ways to do things in battle God's way, and there's a way to do it our way. We don't want to do it our way. But do battle God's way, and if we do it as we find it in God's word, and we, we do it that way, we're going to watch Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 25, come to life. All right? I want you to either turn there or listen to the 25th verse of chapter 11 of Deuteronomy so that when you do life God's way, when you follow God's plan, when you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it your way, 1125 of Deuteronomy will come to life for you. You're going to see it up close, personal, and in real time when you come up against the enemy. You're going to look at the 25th verse of chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, and you're going to see this. It says, No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread just as he has said to you. The enemy is going to shake in his boots when you put your feet on the ground, when you get out of bed. It's going to say, oh no, Joshua is up. 
He's going to say, no way. Chris is awake. Ah. Mike, no, he's awake. That's what God's going to do. That's what God's, I'm, I can't do that. I got, there's nothing to fear about me. But my God, you better fear him. He's the Lord of all. He brings everything he says into his perfect plan and will. I love him. I love him. Okay, so we're going to see that happen real time. Let's read the end to verse 29. Verse 26. Let's look at verse 26. And we're getting really close to a close here. We will not finish the whole chapter, of course, but that we'll save that for another day. Verse 26. For Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city, Israel took his booty for themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which he had commanded Joshua. So, Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. The king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it in at the entrance of the gate of the city, and raise over it a great heap of stones that remain to this day. Verse 26, amazing. He says, until he had utterly destroyed, not partially destroyed. He did not leave a remnant. No, utterly destroyed the inhabitants of Ai. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't I just have a little bit of sin or a little bit of something that made me fall before just a little bit Mike just a little bit let me just keep a little bit alive because you know for whatever reason let me I don't know what the reason is I think about it later but let me just save it over here no no utterly destroy I don't love my brother I love I love Bob I love Bob I love Fred I don't love you. I don't, my, I don't. Just a little bit. No, you, you no. love your brother. Love your brethren, all of them. But I lie just a little bit. Jennifer, just a little bit? Not a lot of bit, a little bit. No, no, no. Utterly destroy that mess. Oh, I used to have joy, but this brings me joy. But going to church don't bring me joy anymore. I tell you, every time I go to church, I'm down in the dumps and people talk about me and I don't know what I, No, utterly destroy that. You go to church and you just worship the Lord and love your brethren. Let God take care of the rest. Oh, you don't know rich, boy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that's okay. Don't you worry about rich. You ain't fighting against him anyway. You love them. Let God take care of it. So wherever you are in your battle, whatever it is, totally, utterly destroy it. Utterly destroy it. Kill everything that, it's all about it. 
If, 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 it's, if it's bothering you, if it's troubling you and it's bringing you away from the Lord, no, 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 no. You know what? I'll share with you what mine is, what one of mine is, a lot of battles. The enemy is lately trying to get me to waste time and not put it on what I know he told me to do. Now, you tell me he ain't slicking that. I could be heading right into the air. I, I got to practice my guitar, which I can't play that great, but I'm trying. I got to practice my guitar. I want to go worship the Lord and learn a song. And I'm, I, I'm heading towards the guitar. And before you know it, I'm over here in another room doing something. Go, what in the world am I doing? Putting clothes away. Why am I putting clothes away? Put them away later. This is more important for me. It's just me, right? It's me. It's, I'm not alone. Oh. But I'm telling you. I'm going to utterly destroy it. I'm going to say, Lord, no, you, you just spoke to me and said, do this, I'm going to do it. You said, call my sister, call my sister, call my brother, call my brother. You said, oh, what is it, Wednesday? Oh, I'm going to go sit in church and learn the word of God. I can always find something else to do because the enemy is out there giving me something else. Go do this, do this. And it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Amazing. So, utterly Destroy it, guys. No compromise. No slacking off. The thing that caused such problems for them, AI, they utterly destroyed. And so should we. Now, we're going to close, because I think I'm a few minutes past. Uh, we need Angie to, someone to get Angie to come up and do our last song. But I got three questions that I want you to take home with you. Three questions that I want you to write down and think about these through the week. And it goes right along with our study here in Joshua. The first question is, what is your AI? And I'm serious. You, 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 just, you don't have to tell anybody. But you just write it on your, in your heart on your paper and say, what is the AI? in my life. I got a few of them, but what is the AI in my life? Identify it. Identify that AI. Get a hold of it. The second question is, and Angie, you could come up, darling. And the second question I want you to think about is, am I before the Lord for this? Am I like Joshua? Am I on my knees before the Lord for this problem, for this AI of my life? Am I actually going before Almighty God who can listen and hear us and answer our prayer? Am I before him with it? Or am I dealing with it without going to him? Third question. Do I have a plan now through this study? Have I gained a plan to win my battle? Have I gained a plan to win the battle through our study in Joshua chapter 8, 1 through 26. Let's pray. Father God, we are comforted by your word. We are comforted by the fact that you've already got the victory. Joshua has showed us to get up, to get ready, to move forward and be assured of you. So, Lord, this is a new week. 
starting over again, new beginnings, and we're going to trust you. Bless your word to our heart as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.